Okay, so let us begin one of the last Vaden of the year, of the Vilna Gain. And we're going to do it on Parashas Nasai, on the Pasuk, Kaisavarches Bnei Yisrael, Amr Lahem. This is how you're going to bless Bnei Yisrael, and you're going to tell them uh, the Brachas of Birches Kayanim. We're going to learn something very interesting this evening. Isa of Meseches Saito. The Sugya Birkas Kahanim appears in Saito Lamed Ches, Kaisa Varchu B'Nesiyas Kapayim. The Isa B'Msechus Ksuvas, Nesiyas Kapayim, the Isra Asay. There's an Isra Asay of a non Kayin to, to bench Kla Yisrael. It's Kaisa Varchu, Atem Vlay Zarim, the Gemara says. And it's a Lava Bab Machlal Asay, is an Asay. That's what Rashi says. The Yesh Lahayer. So the question uh, that's being posed uh, tonight, and this is actually found in the Torah to Mima, one of my favorite svarim from Baruch Halevi Epstein, his father was, of course, who? Who was the father of the Teretzimima? The Aruch HaSholchan. And who is the uncle of the Teretzimima? His last name was Berlin. The Nitziv, very good. So we have, uh, so he's a very big miyuchas. He actually lived in New York for a long time, the Teretzimima, for a while. He was a banker uh, in New York, and then eventually I think he moved back to Europe. But... Um, Brilliant, brilliant Talmud Chacham. If you anyone ever looked at the Torah it's uh, it's it's a it's a brilliant sefer. It's a very simple idea. Uh, he basically wanted to take Torah on top. You have Rashi, the tar, the Chumash, Targum Rashi on top, and then under it he put um, a few lines of uh, either Gemaras, Bavli, Yerushalmi, Medrashim. And then he would footnote each of these things and explain very bekitzer with little ha'aris, brilliant ha'aris, a lot of bekiyos, uh, explaining uh, all of the um, Torah Shabbal Peh. And his point was to show how the Torah Shabbat and the Torah Shabbat Peh really are one. And that's why he called it Torah Tamima, because Torah, the Torah is Tamima through this work. So this shtickle that we're going to be learning tonight is found in the Torah Tamima, and he, he wrote another very valuable saver called Taisefus Bracha, that's like extra stuff. After he didn't have a room, room to put everything into the Torah Tamima, he's limited in space, so he wrote another saver called Taisefus Bracha, and also he has another saver called Makar Baruch. And in all of these farim, he brings down the following very fascinating discussion. And the question arises... How is it mutter to constantly bench people with birkas kahanim? Every Friday night, I'm a yekir, so our minig is every Friday night, the kids line up, or I have to chase after them, depends on the week, and, uh, and, and bench them. And what do I do? I put my hands on their head, and I say, um, one at a time, and I, 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 I say, you know, Yisimcha Lekim Kefraim Chem Nashra, or Yisimcha Lekim Kesarif Karacha Baleya, and then what? Yivaracha Shem Yishmerecha Yashem. Now, what right do I have to bless my child 
with Birkas Kahanim. I thought the Gemara in Saita says that only the Kayanim have this privilege of blessing other people with this valuable three Pasuk Bracha. But a regular Yisrael is not allowed to. So maybe you'll tell me, well, you know, maybe that's on the Duchen he's not allowed to. He's not supposed to go up in Duchen like the regular Kayanim. But that is the question. It seems that, but it's very rampant this Minig, that Birchas Chasanim. You know, you bench a chasan under the chuppah with uh, Yivrech Hashem. And we know that this is something that's exclusively the brach of the kahanim. And a czar who does this is Ivor and Israsei. The doichik loyma kilo kahanim mesurak benusach ha-bracha shmavur b'parasha Yivrech. He says, like I said, it's a stretch to say that it's only by the duchening that a kayin is limited to, to being the only one allowed. He has the exclusive and not Yisrael. Like all other Avedis in the Mikdash, and therefore it should be exclusive to Kayhanim regardless. And says the Taratuma, I heard from a very reliable source from the city of Vilna, the city of the Gain. Shahagrami Vilna Beirach es Hagain Rebicheska Landau. Reish Av Bastin de Vilna. Who else is Yechaska Landau? Anyone know a different Rebicheska Landau? Who's the who's Rebicheska Landau? The Naid of Yehuda. People think his name is Yehuda Landau, but Yehuda was his father's name. His name is Yecheskalanda, but he, this is a different Yecheskalanda. This is Yecheskalanda, not from Prague, but from Vilna. And Bishas the Chuppah, we're going to get different versions of the story soon, but the Teratimimah's version of the story is that during the Chuppah, um, this is very important, the Gain put a single hand, just one hand, on the head of this Hagain of Yecheskalanda, Bishas Abracha. I didn't the guy didn't just do anything, didn't do things just uh, randomly. Every single move that the guy made was al pi alocha, al pi din. So therefore, shalu mikayrava al kacha. So his his close ones, his associates, asked the guy, why did you only put one hand? On this chasan, on this Rabbi uh, Cheskalando of Vilna, the Heshev, and he answered, We don't find a bracha with two hands, only Kaihanim and the Mikdash use both their hands when they do right? They have to stretch out both hands, and they, but that's the only time that we. And he says that besides for this, I never heard or saw uh, anyone that's talking about this, but this is, uh, this is an amazing ara. And we see that it seems that the Gain wanted to undo this problem, meaning the problem that the Taratimim was raising about how is it possible that everybody's like benching with Birchus Kehanim, their kids. Do Sardim do Birchus Kehanim? Yeah. Birchus Abanim, I mean? Right. Yeah. Right. Every Friday night? Right. In fact, 
And that's specifically in regards to uh, doing the hand motion, which uh, other posts can say. And 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 and, uh, um, and and how many hands do, do does do you put on? Does the father put on a child? One hand. My parents do both. Okay, so mine do both also. I do both. But it seems that the gain was makbid only according to this version of the story. We'll see the other version soon. But to use one hand, because that way, kaihanim and the mikdash use two hands when they're duchening. Obviously, it's not on somebody's head, but it's sort of, you know, it's two hands. And, and the gain was makbid not to use two hands, just one. Now the Torah tells us a little bit of biography about this Rabbi Cheskel Lander, you know, Bishnas Tov Koflamites, Veherich Yom Adlamami Tishim Shana. He lived over 90 years old. Vecholyame Chayev Haruchem Hayabari Vishan Begufa Ruach. And he lived a very healthy life. His whole life, he was always healthy and he was uh, physically fit and he was in good spirits. Everything was working well. The Rabbim Yichsu Loy Matnes Lakim Zeis. Many people attribute his good health and his, long, his longevity uh, to this special bracha that the Gain blessed him with under the chuppah when the Gain was already an old man. Okay, so that's the, uh, that's the Torah Tamima. Now, if you look on the, on the bottom, on the footnotes, there's extensive footnotes here. It runs really beyond uh, the page that, um, that I photocopied for you, so you'll bear with me when we, when we get past that point. So first of all, he says that if you look in Bayes, footnote Bayes, which is going on... Um, about what the Gain says, we don't find a two-handed bracha, only kaihanim in the Mikdash, for Ayelizam Yaakov Avinu, wants to bring a raya from Yaakov Avinu, because what did Yaakov do? He put one hand on Ephraim's head, one hand on Menashe's head, so he didn't put two hands on each, each of their heads at once. So in the, if you look in the Aliyah, Salio, he writes, that on Erev Yom Kippur, Lace Erev, the Vilna Gain called his sons, Vayishlach Yodai, and he sent forth his hand, Vayisa Arosh, Benoy Harav, Agadu Achacham, Ravram, Ravram was one of the sons of the Gain, and he noticed the Lashon, he only put one hand on his head, Vayvarachai, so Yodai is exactly what we're trying to say. The Gain held that as long as you use one hand, you're good. That's not going to be similar to Berz Ganim. Berz Ganim is something that Kaihanim do with two hands. You bench with Berz Ganim with one hand, that's not a problem according to the Gain. He brings the Yaivitz, Rabbi Yaakov Emden, um, who says, Rabbi Yaakov Emden was very interesting. His Yaivitz was the way he was referred to. Yaakov Ben, what's the Tzadi? Yaivet says Yaakov ben Tzvi. Who knows who Tzvi was? Very famous rabbi who was, uh, he served in, uh, in a Svardisha congregation in Amsterdam. Famous Chacham Tzvi. Chacham Tzvi, right? He was Ashkenaz, but he, he, was, he was the rub of the Svardi Kehillah in Amsterdam. Anyone been to the shul in Amsterdam? There's a beautiful, very old Svardisha shul there. Uh, I think after the expulsion from Spain, 
a lot as far to move to Amsterdam, and they built this beautiful shul. Um, so the Chacham Tzvi was the Rav in Amsterdam to the Sardim. That's why they called him Chacham Tzvi, because he was a Chacham to them. Uh, but so Rabbi Yaakov Emden was Yaakov Ben Tzvi. He was the son of, uh, of Rabbi Yaakov uh, of, of the Chacham Tzvi. And he writes, the Yaivetz writes, B'siduroi ban Hagas lo Shabbos, min Hagam shal Yisrael avarach ha'iladim lo Shabbos, here he has our minog, right? That you put two hands on the head of each child. That's what you always do when you bless somebody. You put two hands on his head. And that's why kaihanim, when they do chan, they use two hands. Well, Arab Shabbos, Sha'amram Shemunichi Yedem Al Reisha Shaladim, beautiful. Gemara and Shabbos says that the Malachim, the two angels that escort a person home from Shul, they put both their hands on on the head of the person. You're going to ask me what about if I'm a Menasha that there he only put one hand on each of their heads? It's not because he was stingy with his bracha Chas V'Shalom. He didn't want to make jealousy between them. So he put one hand on one. If you would put one before the other, that would be a problem. He put one hand on one head, one hand on the other head, and sort of uh, that mitigated some of the jealousy between them. Um, I guess, Avi Mary Harabzal. That's what my father used to do. But like chaserei hadas, and not like those people that are chaser das that are missing some some knowledge. Not those like those people that put. They think it's important to do only with a one-handed blessing. No, the side hayadayim lebracha gadol. There's a very deep, mysterious secret to benching with hands. And how the how it flows, I guess the tzinayr, etc. So what comes out of the yaivitz is that um, the machlekas over here that some hold that it's biyad achas. Uh, it's because uh, you don't want to do it with two hands, and uh, the ones that do it with two hands say there's no no problem with using uh, two hands now. And he goes back and forth. I don't want to really get into all of the details over here, but if you'd like to look at it yourself, please feel free to. We're going to now jump down to footnote Gimel. Okay, listen to what he says over here. Remember last time we learned together, I told you about two different Gersais and the Gra. Some say that the Gra was Nayeg one way, and some say the Gra was Nayeg a different way. Does anyone remember what that was about? I don't expect anyone to remember, I just would be very impressed if they did. Uh, remember about whether the guy was a, a big eater or not a big eater, whether he was a pirish, whether he did, ate very, very little, or whether he ate normally. Um, so that was two different gersais. Here we're going to also have an astonishing divergence of the, in the Messiah of the Grah. What did the Grah really do? So again, the Torah Tamima has it, you know, from good sources, he says, that the... That, that the um, that, that the guy used uh, only one hand to bench this Rebbe Cheska Landau. But look at this. 
Somebody will bring a story that contradicts this first version of the Gra. Not only is it a stira in stories, but it's a, sto- a stira in, it's not only a stira in what the guy did and he didn't do, but it's actually a stira, it's a contradiction in the same exact story, with the same characters. The Chaim is super, and this is how it's told over. Hagain hagadol atzadik ibicheskol halevi landau. Nechel lagain balachacham tzvi. This he was a grandson of chacham tzvi. Reisha best in the kilogadesh of Vilna. Okay, he was uh, one of the leading rabbis of Vilna. Kishoya ben chameshes reishanim. This parasimuli people, and he was already fifteen years old. He was very known as being a genius. Now there's a very wealthy rabbi who is also, you know, very well, he, he was wealthy and he was, seems like he was a rabbi as well. His name is Aryeh Mi Vilna. By the way, everybody in Vilna was a Talmud Chacham. It's like, don't think, don't get shocked. Oh my gosh, he's a businessman. He's not, everyone in Vilna was a Talmud Chacham. Kimat. Because if they were living in the times of the Vilna Gain, then it was known that even the wagon drivers in Vilna were mushba from the hashpa, the, the great influence of the Vilna Gain. The Vilna Gain didn't influence people by going out and preaching. We know that he stayed in his Dalad Amish Lacha in his base matter, his little room in the base matters, and he was learning there. But that created such a, a cognizance of the importance of Liman Atayra in the whole city of Vilna that everybody was busy learning in Vilna because you were in the, in the mechitzas of the Vilna Gain. So this wealthy man was a very, uh, he's a, he was a big rabbi as well, and he took this genius, Rabbi Cheska Landau, as a son-in-law. Shainik Rabbi Shem Rabbi he took him as a son-in-law to his daughter, the Rava Gevir, and this father-in-law, who used to be a part of the base Medrash of the Gain, here now we have a different version of the story. This bracha did not take place under the chuppah as the Tertamima heard it, but rather this took place when he was a chassan on Chalamayit Sukkot, he brought him into the Sukkot of the Gain, he wanted to get a, a bracha for his new son-in-law. What happened? See this version? Yadav means what? With a, with a yud means two hands. Both hands he put. He blessed him to have a nice long life. And since the guy was in the middle, this is an, um, an amazing story. The guy was in the middle of eating lunch, which sounds like my version last week, last time, right? That the guy actually ate normally. But anyway, and his hands were very uh, greasy from what he was eating. So this chassan had a brand new strimo, fur, beautiful, very expensive strimo. The guy put his greasy hands on top of the strimo. It's a very hard story to understand. They're going to ask on this. It's just, I'm bringing it because it's very interesting. How you need a love called Eser Etzbeis. Of all ten fingers 
were clearly visible on this guy's strimal. He got a brand new strimal. The Vilna guy put his hands on the strimal, and from then, and he stained the strimal with his greasy fingers. The Sipar Agayin Rebicheska Alevi, and on this Rebicheska Alevi would tell over later in his life. Again, how old was he? How old was this Chassan? No, fifteen, right? He was fifteen years old, and uh, you think he was happy or sad when that happened? What would you do if you were a fifteen-year-old girl? You just, boy, you just got a brand new Borsalino for your bar mitzvah or for your chasna, and, and you go into a big rabbi. Rabbi is just busy eating whatever, some, and he puts his greasy on your brand new Borsalino. And this is not a Borsalino, this is a fur Borsalino. It's like a really, you know, $10,000 uh, Strymo. And now all of a sudden, so he said he was very upset. Very upset. <speaking in Hebrew> he was young. <speaking in Hebrew> he was upset at the Vilnagain. <speaking in Hebrew> that he got stains on the Strymo. This, his father-in-law sent it to him as a gift. Basara Dinrezov, tens, ten dinre, ten golden coins, which is like a tremendous amount of money. Omnam, he says, later on, when Yecheska Landa grew up, he became mature. Then all of a sudden, that was like a, the most chashavah part of his, his shrimal, what separated his shrimal, what made it unique was the fact that he had the fingerprints of the guy on his shrimal. And then the shrimal was more precious to him than gold and fine gold. And he guarded this shrimal, he protected this shrimal. He only wore it in Yom Kippur. Only once a year. The Herach Yam Mishanim bekavod ugedula, and he ended up having a richas yam that we can relate to already from the story that the Torah brought. Atishim Shana that stems right. That concurs with the first detail that we had upstairs that he was ninety when he died, and all this was from the Sefer Amunas Hatzchia from Moshe Nisanel ben Reb Daniel Poteshovsky. Okay. Who wrote the Sefer Meshivas Nafesh? Okay, so that's basically, we see a stira in stories of the Vilnagain. One story had the Vilnagain putting one hand on this Chassan's head, the other one had him put two, two hands on the Chassan's head, which undermines whatever the Tarotim was trying to explain away. Also, the, second, the first version of the story said that he benched him under his chuppah, and this was on Chalamayit Sukkis that he benched him. And another part of the, an interesting part of the story is that he messed up his strimal. Okay, that's the part that I like the best. Ulam Sipor now. So who's saying this now? Um, I don't know exactly who he's quoting over here, but maybe, it's, maybe the person who wrote the Sefer is speaking on his own. So with this Girsa, Afim the Kabel even if, let's say, he made a mistake and there was only five fingers, because remember, he said that he had all ten fingerprints. It's like an Encyclopedia Brown type of thing, right? He had all... No one knows what that is. All right. um, anyone know what Encyclopedia Brown is? No. Okay. When I was a little... What? 
It was a kid's book. Yeah, it was like a mystery. Like he, he, so, he used to solve different things by what pe- Bugs Meany used to... Anyway, whatever. So, um... The reference nowadays is the cutting room floor. Oh, yeah, I don't know what that is, but sure. <laughs> um, so, so, um, anyway, so, so he says, even if you want to say that it wasn't really ten fingers, it was five fingers, that was a mistake, let's say. I don't like that whole second version of the story anyway. It's possible to say the Vilna Gain took his dirty hands and smeared up a guy's shrimo. Does that sound like the Vilna Gain to us? The Vilna Gain was makbin on every little thing. He's, he's so makbin on everything and he's going to be mazik somebody else's. Doesn't, the whole story doesn't make sense. And if you're going to tell me, well, maybe the guy came to get a bracha, so he already was prepared for this, and he was, you know, he was okay with it. Obviously, he said himself that I was very mocked about it. I wasn't like going in and saying, yeah, please mess up my strimal. He was upset about it. Even if it's a, a little, you know, Slight nuance of gazel. How could you attribute that lagro? Show you machmel atzmel and shir. Well, we know how machmel the girl was about everything. Vasher goylot zekuses Yerusalem uflegas and Mesiris nevesh. I'll call brat halacha minag v'diktuk miyishayer. So he says, I don't. I, I would discredit that entire account of the Vilna Gaon because it just doesn't make sense. And let's just finish up of here. Matzano. And I found an additional version of this story. I think that this, the following version is the right version, he says. When he turned 90, he put out this safer in Yerushalayim. This is what his story is. When I was 10 years old, I lived in a, I was roommates with somebody who had an old grandfather. And this grandfather, my, my roommate, my roommate's grandfather was very old and he remembered the Vilna Gain. It's possible, you know, to, it's not that many dars away. If you have like a friend, who, it's possible like a, a friend of yours Great-grandfather, his grandfather probably saw the Vilna Gaon. It's not, you know, I think the Rabbi Yashubar Salvechik used to say that when, you know, he knew somebody who when he was uh, an old man, you know, he knew an old man who when he was a young boy, I think he saw the Vilna Gaon. Something like that. Like, it's possible, wasn't that far off. Like, you know, if, if we're talking about, let's say, the, the Rabbi Yashubar was maybe... In the early 1900s, so the Vilna Gaon died in 1797. So if you have, if you meet an old man, Rabbi Gershon Edelstein, Zechariah was 100 years old. So if you have somebody that, let's say, you know, Rabbi Gershon Edelstein, when he was young, already, you know, he, he was born already in the 18, in the 1920s. So if he, like his, whatever, it's not so, it's not so distant to make a, a kesher to the diarist. So he said that his friend's grandfather, his roommate's grandfather, knew the Vilna Gain, or he saw the Vilna Gain. 
And I had a lot of Hana'a uh, when, um, when my father sat by him to hear stories from the Gra. And he said that, um, this is, I guess, that old man talking, that after my marriage, I learned and I davened the clays of the Gra. Who was a son in law of the of Rabavram, the son of the Gain, I mean the brother of the Gra. He wrote a sefer called Milas Hatira. Vecheni Karitas Hagayin Rebecheskel Landau. Our best in Vilna. Here here appears again this Rebecheskel Landau. Shekasher Nasa Chasan, and he said that when he became a Chasan, this Rebecheskel Landau had very similar anoy. The Mechutin came b'Shabbos. Here it's not it's not under the Chuppah. And it's not on Chalamayit Sukkot. This version has it on Shabbos. Lufnei Agrashi Baruch Hashem Benchim. Vagrazal Yashu B'Sudashni. He was sitting at the day meal, the second meal of Shabbos. Two out of three. The second out of three meals. V'achel Hakogel. The guy was eating kogel. V'achasan Emulubish B'Shaimo. Ah, and the chasan was wearing a shaimo. V'ratza Hagayin Laniach Yadav Al Reish Hachasan. And the guy wanted to put his hands on the on the head of the chassan levarchai to bless him. V'nasag hachassan lachayrov, and the chassan sort of pulled back. Shloyashmin hagayin has a shrimel biyadav. He did not want that the guy should mess up his shrimel with his with his fat with his greasy hands. May I pashtida from this kogo? V'niach hagra yade achas al shrimel uberchai, and nevertheless. The guy put one hand on his shaimel to bench him, and he had a He was able to learn until the end of his life without wearing glasses. It's a big deal, right? You normally everyone needs reading glasses at one point in their life, but not not him, because he got this bracha from the guy. And Rucheskalanda was so upset his whole life about how small minded he was, that he valued his straimo more than the hand, the extra hand of the gra. Now he says, we know this, this Reb Ilfus who quotes the story. He was reliable. He got a lot of Messiah from the Gain and his Talmidim. The Shama Yisim He heard it from a first and second source. This Girsuch is very different than the previous ones. It doesn't say that his hands were actually greasy. Rabbi Cheskel was worried that maybe they were, but it was that the, it didn't say that definitively they were. The earlier version of the story was that they knew that the Vilna Gain's hands were dirty, and yet he was going to put his hands on his head. Here, he, his hands probably were not dirty, but Rabbi Cheskel, as a young boy, thought maybe they were. And that would that would explain how the Gain would want to do that. What do we take from this story? That really the guy wanted to put two hands on his head, which is like the other version of the story, just a little different, but at least the two hands are, are, are in concert with each other. The even though 
that the Baal Shmua did not say that he heard it directly. Al And I think he heard it mamish from the guy's mouth. Not like the Torah to me, Masmasaira, that the guy was up, was against doing a two-handed blessing of Birkas Khan because otherwise that's that's an Isra say. But rather he had no problem with it. He wanted to put two hands on the guy's head, on this Cheskolander's head. Al Kalpanov Kishmarak Stambrach Bishtayadaim. Al Batsirov Habracha Shal Kaihanim Aimazarabara Rakshla Matsana Brach Bishtayadam Rakbakain. Uklashim al Taratumashavi Asatibya Gra, Laimatsina Brach Bishtayadam Rakla and Khan Mimikdash, Umistabarhu, Kila Amar Grasha Asim. It makes sense the Gra never said it's Asir. El Mitsad Said Hadvarm Birazia Chachma Bidar Hashbasa Bracha. Maybe he had a certain Kabbalistic reason for not wanting to, uh, for saying that, not that it's Asr, but maybe you could do it with one hand. Or maybe the guy only wanted to put one hand on his head, but Rabbi Cheskel thought that he wanted to put two hands on his head, and that's why he pulled back. Anyway, but these are different gear size. I just thought it was a very, very interesting, uh, interesting, you know, like detective work to try to piece together the same person, three different versions of what exactly, and, and huge nafkaminas ladina, whether, what did the gra hold? Did the gra hold that you should only do with one hand? The gra says fine with two hands. And look at all the nuances of difference between the versions of these stories. Um, you know, I, it was, it's funny, um, I know it's late, but uh, I've said this over many times, but I don't know if anyone here has heard it, but when I was uh, learning in Kaltaira, so I had a job that every day I would take um, Rib Shalem Zalman's uh, keys after Shear, he would give me his keys, I would run to his office and, uh, and open the door with the keys, put his, put his notes on his desk from Shear, and then bring him his hat. And I always want, it was like an old Yerushalmi had like beaten up, like, you know, like all like, you know, very well used. And I wanted that hat so badly. I like collecting Judaica. And every day I had the hat in my hand. I could have just ran with it. But like, I really wanted it. So I was thinking like different ways to get this hat, just because we're mentioning about the Vilna Gain with, with his Chassan's hat. So I was thinking, you know, I'll see the, the size of the hat. I'll go buy another Yerushalmi hat. And then I'll just say to Rosh you don't want this one, you want this one. But, like, I was like, nah, that's not good, that's not good. I was, like, going back and forth. And then I spoke to an Avrich about it, like, one of, like, a senior Talmud of the Rosh Hashanah, and he said to me, uh, I have a, let me give you an eight. So I said, yeah. He says, instead of trying to get what's on top of Rosh Hashanah's head, why don't you try to get what's, what's under his hat? I said, yeah, his yarmulke. No, you... But anyway, but that was... Uh, I never did get... But I was once telling over the story... I was once telling over the story to a group of women in a... Uh, it was like a tea for like a, an organization in Israel that they asked me to speak at in a very fancy restaurant in Manhattan. And then I told over the story. And after that, the woman... Uh, one of the women came over to me very nice lady, and she says, so you collect hats of rabbis. Did I get that right? 
I said, well, not hats, you know, in general, yeah, whatever, yeah. So she said, well, would you like my husband's hat? So I said, well, I guess that depends who your husband is. So she says, my husband was Reb Hanach Libowitz, Zechit Tzadik Lebracha, Roshiva of Chafetz Chaim, you know, up the block. I said, yeah, I would love to have his hat. She said, okay, so come by my apartment tomorrow, and I'll give it to you. So the next, she lives, she lives in the Chavetz Chaim building. So the next day I came and she was like, she's a very short woman. She takes a, like a step ladder and she goes, climbs the steps on the top of the closet. She takes his Hamburg off of the thing and she gave it to me. And like, I have it in my office upstairs if anyone wants to see it. Chavetz Chaim guys, they go crazy from this. Like, they're like, how did you get that at? Like, we want that at. But, um, what? Okay, so you have to come up to my office. If you want to wear it by your chasna, I would be happy to lend it to you. But um, <laughs> but that is uh, that. This story reminds me of that. That the you know the the chashivas of having you know the guy. Imagine having the guy. When I was doing, I was writing a book on uh, called Great Jewish Treasures about the chafetzim, the artifacts of G'dayli Yisrael over the last uh, you know thousand years. So I tried to get everything that I could. I went to a certain a very hush of a couple in Borough Park who were grandchildren of the, uh, the Hassan Seifer, the Hassan Seifer, uh, and, and he, uh, he had something cool. He had like the menorah of the Hassan Seifer. And um, anyway, I was taking pictures of it, and then the wife says, by the way, I have something else interesting. You might be interested in it for your book. I said, what? She said, I have the hat of Reb Kivager. Reb Kivager's hat. Reb Kivager had like a... It's probably what he was talking about also, like a, a strimal, but it was, if you ever see, it's like sort of like a fur, my mom is like a chasidus strimal, it's like a little bit different. So I was going to put it on my head, I didn't have the chutzpah to put it on my head, but I was, I was holding it in my hand, I was trembling. Uh, you know, the Kivager's, you know, this touch of Kivager's head, he wore this hat on his head. And uh, she had an embrace, it was like in one of these like shaito boxes, and uh, she pulled it out, and I was like snack, snapping away pictures. I have it in my book also. But uh, it's amazing, like, what still exists. But that's, uh, like, can you imagine having the strimo that the Gain's fingerprints were on? That's very chasha. That's a beautiful, that would be a beautiful uh, thing. But this is uh, it's a very, very chasha story, and uh, I hope you all enjoyed it.